0: Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where I profile agents of growth and transformation in education today. Each guest shares their highs, their lows, their passions, their goals, and the resources that are shaping their thinking and inspiring their practice. For show notes and links from each episode, visit TeachersOnFire.net. You can also follow the show at Teachers on Fire on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Tim Cavey. Let's meet today's guest. Today I'm speaking with Annick Roque. Annick is a grade one French immersion teacher in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Yay, that's where I'm from. She's a loving mom to four boys and wife to the man who allows her to do it all. Sounds like a good guy. Her passions in education include growth mindset, visible learning, and all things innovation. You can follow her on Twitter at Annick Roque and visit her blog at annickroque.ca. Annick, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Are you ready to talk education?
1: I am. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Well, it's my pleasure. And like I said, I've been excited to speak with someone from Winnipeg. And so this is really fun. I'm so glad to have you on. And I love what you're all about, by the way. So looking forward to getting into that. But first of all, Annex, set us up a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about your current context in education.
1: Sure. So like you said, I am in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and I'm at a brand new school called Akai called Sage Creek School. And just opened up actually last year, so this is only our second year that we've been open. Um, and we are currently a K to eight school. It's just pretty cool to have been part of the process to open up a brand new school. Oh, and I guess I teach first grade this year. Last year was one two, and this year's first grade French immersion.
0: Very very fun and and so the building's brand new. Is that right?
1: Building is brand new. Yeah, and we're in a very new development. So we kind of had a bunch of kids coming from a variety of different schools to come to this new school. So just brand new everything all together.
0: Very, very exciting. So we're going to start with story time, Anik. Take us back somewhere in your education journey to a low moment or an experience of adversity, and then talk about how you overcame it. What were the keys to getting past that piece of adversity?
1: Sure. So this actually happened last year. Um, I was working with a group of students in second grade. I had a one-two split last year. So my second grade students and I threw uh, our English class on a Thankful project. So we started off by reading uh, the Thankful book by Todd Parr. And the students made up their own uh, statements about what they were thankful for. And we had already done lots of classroom collaborative books. So instead of doing that again this time, we decided to make a green screen video. So uh, I had everything all set up, the kids and I had made lists of things that they were thankful for with the correct spelling and all that on the board and I was getting ready to model for them uh, how we would search for our images on Pixabay and I thought Pixabay was a good uh, site to use because I wanted it to be free images without having to worry about copyright and and, uh, linking our sources and all that. So um, so here we we were sitting on the carpet with the iPad on the projector and opened up Pixabay, and I showed the kids how to search uh, their images. And as I'm
0: scared. I'm I'm scared about where this is going, on. <laughs> I
1: think you probably have an idea. So we searched for the word house, and within many very appropriate pictures of houses came one very inappropriate picture, where my students basically saw in blown up picture a picture of a woman's breast. So immediately I kind of stopped and we talked about what had happened and how we hadn't done anything wrong. We had pr- searched for things that were appropriate, but sometimes these things just happened. And I, I wasn't sure how to handle the situation, but I think I did okay in the end. Uh, we So we ended up just talking about our feelings. And I said how these things can happen. And I'm glad that it happened while they were in class with me there so that we could talk about it and and kind of problem solve together. And I said that If this happens when we're looking for our pictures independently then they should probably come and see me so that we can talk this out some more um and then i ended up we ended up not using pixabay because i just wasn't feeling very confident we ended up using Uh, kiddo.co okay which was the the picture qualities weren't as great but at least i knew it was going to be a little bit safer but it's interesting because i had been i've been using pixabay forever and i never come across this problem so Uh, Anyways, I ended up emailing parents, let them know what they were, what was, what had happened. And I got lots of great feedback. I got one parent who sent me a really detailed message, which was awesome because I think uh, they had voiced maybe concerns or things that I hadn't thought about that other parents were thinking about. So I got to address those issues as well. And I actually ended up writing a blog post about it. I think it's called thankful for bumps in the road. Um, And yeah, that's kind of what happened. And I, I just overcame it by remembering uh, Jennifer Casatod's book, Social Media, and how, like, I would much rather this happen when they're there with me than when they're just kind of tinkering out around on their own and don't know what to do with what they find. So.
0: Completely, completely agree with that story. And thank you for sharing it. That's, it's always a humbling. And, and I'm trying to remember, I, I'm sure I've had sort of similar incidents, maybe in a lower, (laughs) lower stakes setting, or, you know, even I've definitely run Google image searches in class, which is always a little bit risky, but yeah, I, I do agree with that philosophy that You know, we have to equip our students to engage with the digital world in a responsible way. And part of that is modeling what it looks like to respond to content that is inappropriate. And so, yeah, there you go. It sounds like it was a good learning experience. That's what I hope. Yeah. (laughs) And I have to say too, Annick, I mean, I use Pixabay a lot myself as well, and I've used other sites like Unsplash, and, and there are a few that are pretty reliable, but that is shocking that Pixabay would include some nudity. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite surprised by that, but I guess uh, that's a learning lesson, a learning moment for you and and hopefully for others in our audience too, just something to be aware of.
1: Totally. And normally they're good about having like a black square that says block content. And so I guess this one must've just slipped by, which I'm not sure how, but I guess it did. And I've not had problems with it since, but I can't say that I've also um, searched right in front of my students. so.
0: Mm. <laughs> well, the live searches, you know, that's a whole other topic, and I, you know, I have a feeling Jennifer Casatod would would agree with us that, you know, sometimes it is appropriate to take risks or to do some real time learning in front of our class, but it always does carry with it a little bit of risk. So, thank you for sharing that story. That's a little bit funny, but I'm sure at the time it was <laughs> it was very stressful and. And maybe a little bit alarming, but totally. it's just it's just part of teaching in the 21st century, I think, frankly, that's, that's, that's right. where we're at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on the theme of education technology, Anik, I know you are all about innovation and finding those new practices that help students access information and represent their learning in new ways. So as a French teacher, talk to us about how education technology tools are changing the way that you teach languages in the classroom and maybe the way that students learn?
1: Yeah, I think that my, probably my all-time favorite tool is Seesaw. I've been using it for several years now. And what I just love about this tool is that students are able to not only show their learning to their parents and their family members who are following their journal, but they can do it in a way that they wouldn't necessarily share at home. So with being an immersion teacher, French immersion teacher, my students they speak a lot of French when they're at school, but then when they get home and they're not in that context, they're a lot more shy or they're more reserved and they're, they don't really are, they're not really given the opportunity to show that language to their families. So one of my favorite things for them to do is to post something on Seesaw, whether it's through a little um, activity that we've done or just picture to reflect on what they've done, where they can actually speak and then parents get to hear their little voices, whether they're counting in French or telling them a little bit about the, the thing that they just learned or the book we just read, or I think that that's kind of special.
0: Can you give us a sense of the context of your students? How many of them would be coming from Francophone homes? I'm guessing not very many.
1: Yeah, I would say almost none of them.
0: Okay. Wow. So that is a challenge. They're not able to use their language at home directly with their parents, but Seesaw, like you said, is such an amazing tool for demonstrating their learning and, and hopefully getting, uh, getting parents more engaged in that learning process too.
1: Because usually parents or normally kids that might have parents that also went through the French immersion program um, or parents that are only English speaking or speak a variety of other languages. But for the most part, our students aren't fluent in French when they start. Hmm.
0: Well, listeners to Teachers on Fire will know that I am a huge Seesaw fan myself, relatively new, so I will definitely second that. If you are a school looking for ways to curate and demonstrate learning and connect with parents, Seesaw is just about the best that I've seen. Let's move, let's move to growth mindset, Anik. And this is another favorite topic of mine. I'd love to hear your take. It's something you've written about a lot on your blog and you've featured on your YouTube channel. I've often mentioned Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, as being absolutely life-changing for me personally, and I've often made it my top recommendation for educators. So in your mind, what are the key things for educators and learners to know about growth mindset?
1: So for me, a growth mindset falls in that category of, of essential life skills. And especially I find for the younger kids, they tend to give up quite easily And um, they haven't developed that resiliency and grit yet. And I always try to encourage them to remember uh, the simple word, adding the simple word yet to the end of your sentence. So I can't do this yet. And this is something that that my best friend, Nicole, and I kind of dove into last year where we started Growth Mindset Read Aloud, hashtag Mindset Monday LRSD, where for one month out of the school year, we invite um, four different classrooms to read a Growth Mindset Read Aloud book. And then we plop it on YouTube with some uh, slow Twitter chat questions. And then classrooms around the world can connect and share their learning based on the book that we were reading. So we've done it last year and we did it again this year. And I think it was just a great um, experience for students. I know it was a powerful experience for my students. They still talk about Mindset Monday LRSD constantly. Um, But it was just such a great way for them to learn through these different books. What is growth mindset and what does that mean to us?
0: What is, just off the top of your head, Anik, what would you say is your favorite growth mindset title for kids?
1: Oh, there's just so many. Um, you know, the one, the one that we used this year that my class, did, cause we hosted a class, um, sorry, we hosted a week of growth mindset read aloud this week, this year, and we did dolphins in trees. Okay. And I just really liked it. It was an awesome book about uh, kindness, but also about growth mindset and how, if we help one another, um, and are open to taking risks, then we'll get there.
0: Cool. That's one. I I obviously teach, well, not obviously. I I teach eighth grade students, so a little bit older, but they are never, you know, the kids' books sort of apply universally, don't they? And so that's one I will take a look for.
1: Yeah.
0: Annick, looking at your Twitter feed, your, your writing, your reflections, some of your work on YouTube and other platforms, it seems clear that you've been greatly influenced by, Writers like George Kuros, Tara Martin, Tamara Letter, and others, and we've already mentioned Jennifer Casa Todd. So, all of these writers have something in common: they belong to or they've published work with the Dave Burgess Consulting Publishing Company. So. Tell us about what the Dave Burgess books have meant to you personally and professionally. How have your connections with these authors shaped your practice? And, and, you know, for those teachers out there who are not familiar with the Dave Burgess books, what's your pitch to them? How could these books make a difference?
1: Oh, I feel like we could have a whole podcast just talking about this, yeah. actually. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Um
1: so I think that for me, the my starting point was when I first got onto Twitter after going to a conference in San Diego at High Tech High, and once I got onto Twitter, I started seeing uh, "Learn Like a Pirate" by Paul, Paul Solars, and I once I've seen that once I had seen it in my feed, I decided to order it and dove into it, and. Then I tweeted about it and he actually replied to me and I'm like, oh my goodness, like this author who wrote this book that I so love and want to implement in my classroom next year took the time to respond to my tweet and I'm communicating with this person. So I thought that was really incredible. And that kind of opened up my mind, my eyes to the possibility that social media can offer. And not long after that, just a few months later, I connected with George through uh, the Innovators Mindset Massive Open Online Course, the iMOOC course that was given. And after that, I read Dave's book and like everything just snowballed so much more quickly once I was connected to these incredible educators who were also published authors, but took the time to help me and guide me. Like George helped me immensely when I applied for this job that I've got now. He helped me um, to figure out how I could turn my blog into a digital portfolio and like, these are just real people out there that are educators that, yes, they've written books and are popular and go around speaking everywhere, but they're genuine people that take the time to help you. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you're looking to learn, I can guarantee you that there is a Dave Burgess book out there yeah. uh, that would meet your needs because they literally have like such a vast array of books now that, and they're like all of the ones that I read so far have been fantastic. So I don't know if there's like, I literally talk about this forever, but I feel like, just pick a book that interests you and and you'll understand quickly and get connected with these authors yeah
0: yeah there's such an exciting culture of learning around these books and around these authors and I love what you said about partnership. All of them are approachable. They're wonderful human beings. It, it seems without a, an exception, and just the accessibility of these books, right, are, are is so exciting. So, all right, well, that's a, a great pitch. And again, if you are one of these educators out there who maybe you're not familiar with any of these books, yeah, jump in. And I like what Annick said. Just find one that connects with your passions with your area of. Of learning and uh, jump in and you'll never look back. It's a good move.
1: I add, if you're not sure what book would fit, would be a good fit, Dave is always willing to, if you message him or tweet him, he'll, he'll guide you in the right direction and recommend a book for you.
0: Yeah. Thanks for adding that. Dave Burgess, very approachable guy. So Anik, thinking about education in general, we've touched on a few themes already, but what is it that really excites you about education today? This could be Kind of a big picture idea or something on the micro level happening right there in your classroom.
1: So for me, things have really shifted from the beginning of my career where global collaboration has opened so many more possibilities. Like you're not limited to your four classroom walls anymore. You're able to connect with experts and other classrooms all around the world, creating authentic authentic audiences for um, your students. So I've been fortunate enough to connect with so many amazing educators in classrooms around the world. Um, After I had done Growth Mindset Read Aloud this year, uh, Karen in Australia, Karen Caswell in Australia ended up, uh, she started a Kindness Read Aloud that followed ours for the next month. So her and I have connected tons. Uh, It's been harder to set up a Google Hangout. Her and I have done it, but our classrooms aren't able to because the time difference is like we're not in school when they're in school. So, um, but I've been able to do like mystery letter, which is similar to mystery Skype with classrooms kind of everywhere. I've had, um, incredible authors read to us. Dave read to us this year and last year, Dave Bridges.
0: Yeah. And that was
1: incredible. So he kind of kicked off our pirate day this year, which was amazing. My kids still talk about it. Um, and last year when we were, we, we just happened to read a book about bridges and my kids kind of ran off with it and, uh, Tamara letter had us, had a story to share with us about a uh, bridge that goes underwater. So she ended up, uh, having a Google hangout with us to talk to us about all of that. And it's just incredible how you can connect with people everywhere to make the learning more authentic.
0: That is so awesome. I love that Dave read to your students there in Winnipeg. That is so cool. Yeah. Annick, how are you looking to grow professionally and improve your practice this year? So I'm kind of playing the role of principal or, I don't know, professional accountability here. So I'm putting you on the spot to make this public, but can you share with us about a specific professional goal or an area that you are working on?
1: Sure. So this year, um, one of my biggest goals was to develop the OLM model, the Optimal Learning Model by Reggie Routman. And I'm actually super fortunate this year because there was a small little group of teachers that were able to apply to be part of like a professional PD uh, or personalized PD, I would say. So we get together a few times a year, but then there's also, we also get so much support like one-on-one. So I was able to co-teach a ton with uh, an incredible teacher this year. And I got to learn a lot through her for the optimal learning model. And, um, So far with my students, I've done two writing projects, one the first room and we're just wrapping up the second one right now on Manitoba animals and it's just, it's just like I always believed in this optimal learning model, but this year, now that I'm actually getting to put it into practice like the proper way and having the time to dive into how to do it properly, my kids are just blowing me away all that they're able to write And the confidence and the tools that I've now given them where they can sit down and write a ton and then read it back to me. It's just been incredible. And this is, remember, all in French immersion first grade. So they don't necessarily have a ton of language. And here they are writing like a page about a Manitoba animal. It's been so amazing to see.
0: Wow. Wow. That is super exciting. And it sounds like they are growing tons. Is this uh, is the writing project or these two, these writing projects that you talked about, are they described on your blog yet?
1: Uh, Oh, let me think. I don't, I don't think that I've written one about the first one. Cause the first one was pretty basic. Um, actually maybe that's not true. Maybe I do have a blog about it. I can't remember, okay. but, um, I write too much, I guess, Uh, (laughs) but I definitely will have one that's coming up because the learning, the writing project that we're doing right now on Manitoba animals will be featured at our exhibition evening. That is this coming Thursday. And I will for sure be writing about that process and all that. So that will be coming for sure.
0: Okay. All right. Well, so yeah, I'm, I'm sort of putting you on the spot again there with the, with the question about the blog. But if it's not there, I'm, it sounds like it will be soon. So yeah. again, another pitch for Annick's blog at annickroke.ca. And then, Annick, let's talk about something outside of education, if we can go there. And that's tough for educators sometimes to do. But what's another area of learning and passion for you? What is it that ignites you as a human being when you leave the classroom?
1: this question is super hard for me, actually, because my professional and personal life are just so intertwined and I have such a hard time separating the two. But I would say that one of my biggest passions outside and inside of education is writing. And if I the reason I can say that it's outside of education, too, is because when I was on that leave with each of my four boys, I So here in Canada, we have a year mat leave, which is fantastic. And if you've got American listeners, they will be very jealous. But um, during that first year that I was off with each of my boys, I sent these monthly updates by email to my family and friends who wanted to see what we were up to and have pictures of my boys and stuff. And um, what I did after that first year when I went back to work is I transformed these emails that I essentially wrote every single month into keepsake books for my boys. Okay. So we've got these incredible books of all of their memories, month by month, month of their first year of life. And um, so once once I went back to work after my twins, um, I didn't really have time to write like I did for um, when I did when I was off on that leave. But that's pretty much the same time that my blog was born. And uh, my blog was born during the first round of iMoOC with George Kuro's And if you look back at my very first blog post, I said, listen, guys, like I am a mom of four kids. I work full time. I don't know if I'll I don't know what will happen to this blog. But then ever since that one entry, I've been hooked and I've been writing pretty consistently since. So I would say I know that it's kind of still linked to education because I love to write about what I'm passionate about, which is education. But I don't know. Is that a good enough answer for you?
0: I'm not oh, sure. <laughs> abso- absolutely. I'm just drinking this in. You know, I'm trying to do more writing myself this year. And and uh, I definitely, well, I have two boys, but uh, frankly, they are pretty, they're at the age now where they're pretty low maintenance. So how you do it, Anik, is beyond me, but that is awesome. And, and I'm sure you'll agree that when it comes to blogging, it's as much for the blogger, it's as much for you, the writer as it is for the audience, right? It's just such a cathartic, clarifying experience. Would you say that?
1: Yeah. And I would actually, like, I was just talking to somebody who is new to blogging and giving her some advice. And I said, don't worry about what others think or what they'll say or what they'll take from your post. This It's not really about them. The only reason I write is really for me. And if it happens to ignite a spark for somebody else or pose, if they have questions or think more deeply or whatever, then that's just kind of bonus. But Really taking the time to blog has caused further reflection for me. And if it helps somebody else, then that's just icing on the cake.
0: Well, I am subscribed, Anik, to your blog. And I happen to notice your your post yesterday already has a comment from Joy Kerr, who is another legend yeah. <laughs> in uh, Genius yeah. Hour and in the middle year. She's great. And she was another guest on the podcast a while ago. So That is really, really cool. And I I think it connects back with what you were saying about just the global learning space that we find ourselves in. So keep it up. Yeah, keep it up and, and continue to share your learning. It's really awesome. Okay. And then one more question, Anna, before we get into your quick fix and we'll try to speed this up. But first of all, share about a personal habit or a productivity hack. Maybe that's what we were just talking about. But how do you, how do you find the time to, you know, whatever it is that you, wherever the duties fall? I know we're, we're modern How can I put this? I'm not going to assume that you do the cooking in your home. I'll, I'll put it that way. But how do you make it all happen between your teaching position and blogging and being a mom of four boys?
1: Okay, well, before I dive into any of that, you kind of mentioned it at the very beginning when you introduced me, uh, you said the man, a wife to the man who allows me to do it all. And it's really true. Like my husband does so much. I couldn't do what I do without him. He is the one who cooks dinner every single night. So you were right in assuming that. Um, (laughs) But for me, it's just been doing or setting simple attainable goals. And I'll give you an example. So I started running actually yesterday on my Nike run app. I got a new badge for six months. I've been running for six months. And that's the longest that I've ever been able to maintain running on a consistent basis. And I think the reason why I've been able to be successful this time compared to all the other times that I started and stopped is because my goals were more realistic and attainable for me. So basically, my only rules are when I get on the treadmill or when I can go outside when it's nice enough, I run for a minimum of 10 minutes. And if it's all I can get in is 10 minutes, then it's at least it was 10 minutes It's better than not doing anything at all. And when I started six months ago, my goal was to never miss two days in a row. And since then, I mean, I've, I can't say that I've done that every single time. I've, I just went three weeks without touching the treadmill once, but I always tend to get back to it. And I'm trying to be, have, have, uh, grace and, you know, it's okay if I don't do it all, but I try to have these simple attainable goals. And, um, another thing that I would say that works really well for me is making lists. And I, I actually love if let's say that I've got a list going and I complete something and I realize it wasn't on my list. I'm that girl that will actually write it after I've done it just so I can have the satisfaction of crossing it off. Yeah. So um, those are two of my biggest things. And the last one that I would say is after I went back from mat leave with, with the twins, I hired a cleaning lady and that's probably one of the best decisions I made of, in my entire life. So I, <laughs> One less thing that I have
0: to do. Yeah, if if it fits in your budget, what you're basically doing there is buying your time and buying your sanity, right? And uh, I think
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: I think that really works for the families that can do it. I love what you said about the goals, and and you're sounding a lot like an author that I'm getting into, James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, and he talks about that. You know, just Even if it is, as you say, just 10 minutes on the treadmill, try to hit that goal and keep that going because it's the, it's the practice, right? It's the routine of whatever it is you're trying to build in your life. And so sometimes it's not the magnitude and the quantity as much as it is the consistency that you're after. And he also talks about, you know, not missing twice. We all, we all have a day where we miss that goal or that habit that we'd really like to keep going. But the key is just to get right back on the wagon and keep going Try not to let it become a new pattern to miss that goal. But congratulations on the new running habit, and uh, keep that keep that up. I know it's probably not always easy to do it outdoors, but you're you're keeping it going, so that's an inspiration as well. Thanks. Yeah, it's time for your quick picks, Annix. So share with us here the education voices and resources that are shaping your practice and inspiring your thinking today. So starting at Twitter, tell us about someone we should follow there and share why they've been inspiring you lately.
1: Okay. So I will go with Tamara Letter, who has become one of my closest friends, even though we've never met. She is the new author of A Passion for Kindness. The book was just released on Valentine's Day, and I was so blessed to be able to get a sneak peek ahead of time and endorse it. And it is just such an incredible incredible book, and she really walks the walk. Somebody who will go out of her way to lift your spirits and who... She just always is checking in on me to make sure that everything is good and we're having good laughs together. So I would strongly encourage anyone, everyone to follow her.
0: Okay. That's Tamara letter. And thank you for correcting my pronunciation. I think I, I pronounced it as Tamara, but Tamara letter. So that's
1: okay. I think it's a Canadian thing because that's (laughs) how I used to pronounce her name until she corrected me. So,
0: okay. Well, perfect. Perfect. And then recommend a book, Anik, one that you've been reading lately or one of your all-time faves and tell us why you'd recommend it.
1: I definitely have to go with Teach Like a Pirate by Dave Burgess. And the reason why is because I feel like, well, first of all, first of all this guy is actually a genius because <laughs> when, I, when I read his book and I've read it over a few times now, it's like all the other books that he's now published or that they've now published um, subsequently It seems like they just take a tiny little piece that was in Teach Like a Pirate and can expand a whole book on it. So I feel like all of these original ideas that Dave put together in his book can be magnified into all these other books that they've published. So if you start with Teach Like a Pirate, you won't be disappointed.
0: Tell us about a YouTube channel that you enjoy, maybe one that we should subscribe to and let us know why.
1: Sure. I can't say that I am a big YouTube channel watcher, but I do tend to check out John Spencer's often because his videos are nice and short and they're often inspirational. And I love the visual that he uh, puts in his videos, simple and easily understandable.
0: He does an amazing job with those animations. I think he's a leader in the space. We need more educators doing it. And I know he has published sort of a description of how he does them. So there's an open invitation to someone else. And (laughs) maybe that's one that I should look at myself. I I just think, man, it it just takes so much time. But yeah, if you haven't seen John Spencer's work on YouTube, it is awesome. So check that out. And then just for fun, last question, Anik, strictly non-educational, what are you watching on Netflix right now?
1: Uh, Well, if you read my blog post yesterday, you will have read that I just finished watching the documentary Heal, which was awesome. I recommend it to anyone who has an open mind and is willing to kind of push their thinking about how uh, the mind-body connection is so powerful. And um, just for laughs, if you want a good laugh, something that's light and a quick show that are only 20 minute episodes, I love life in pieces. It makes me laugh hysterically every time. (laughs)
0: Okay. Those are pretty good picks. Anik, for those who are interested in your message and what you're all about, what are the best ways for the listeners to follow you and find out more?
1: Sure. So I'm pretty active on Twitter and Instagram, and my handle is the same on both. It's just my name. And my website is anikrooke.ca.
0: All right. That sounds good. Anik, this has been so fun and and so enjoyable. Thank you so much for sharing your time with the podcast today. It's Again, it's been really fun to connect with someone from my birthplace. So take care and uh, we'll look forward to the coming of spring very shortly, I hope. And uh, go Jets go, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. Take care, Anik. Bye-bye.
1: Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks so much for joining me here today on the Teachers on Fire podcast. For show notes and links from this episode, visit TeachersOnFire.net. You can also follow the show at Teachers on Fire on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Medium. And again, please do subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Tim Cavey, saying goodbye for now, and we'll catch you next time right here on the
1: Teachers on Fire podcast.